What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. Welcome back, my friends, to the Minding Wellness Podcast. This week, I am sharing an important topic, one that I have not shared before, and I'm going to give a little bit of a background of how this personally connects with my life. After my father died of lymphoma in the town we were living in, which is Apopka, Florida, I found out that there was a cluster of cancer cases in that city, not on his street, but in that city, and that they were rare, very difficult to treat cancers, all mostly tied to the water supply. The people who ended up getting diagnosed with these rare, difficult to treat cancers on this one particular street in a neighborhood in Apopka seemed to have a commonality. And that commonality was a significant exposure to tap water that was either through taking frequent and excessive baths to also drinking an excessive amount of tap water, which was in some cases because of athletics or just that was the source of water that the person drank. Now, while none of that has yet to be documented or proven as the absolute singular cause of these cancers, the pattern remained and is still in large question today. Since then, I have learned that these cluster type cases are not isolated to Apopka. There are other areas in the country, likely also in other countries, but in the U.S. there are concerns over cluster cases of cancer linked to likely environmental toxicity and hazards. I recently learned about a case of cancer that was tied to a cluster of cases, and I reached out to the mom of a daughter who ended up with thyroid cancer in one such cluster, and that is this episode. I am really so honored to bring on the mother of Taylor Wind. Susan Farah Wind is here today to talk about her journey with her daughter, the thyroid cancer that was diagnosed, the cluster that appeared in her neighborhood, and her passion and commitment to seeking answers, not just for her daughter and herself, but all those who are affected by cancer clusters in her neighborhood and across the country. This is intended for awareness, education, not intended for fear-mongering, but It really should shake you a little bit to just know what types of hazards are around us that we often are not aware of and that we do not know the long-term consequences of. So I encourage you to listen with an open mind and open heart. And here is Susan Farah Wind. 
All right. I am really so honored and pleased to bring you Susan Wind today. We're going to talk about a topic that I have not talked about on this podcast yet, but it has been on my heart to do. And it was one of those things where I, it came across my screen. I saw her story and I immediately reached out. And luckily it seems like she's about as type A as me. And she immediately reached out right back and was super responsive and super happy to come on and share this with all of us. So thank you for being here, Susan. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get into some of these really difficult pieces of conversation in just a second. But before we get started, let's start with the question I ask all of my guests, which is what does true wellness mean to you? Um, I've never been asked that before. So um, I would say true wellness to me would mean have a lot to do with um, our quality of life when it comes to health, our physical health, our mental health, um, our environment. I just think all of these different areas around us can make or break how we feel about well, you know, our our wellness and ourselves as a as an individual. So I think it it takes um, you know all these different areas here that we need to make sure that we're healthy individuals. So that's probably what I think about when I think of true wellness. Mm-hmm. And I actually also love that you said nobody asked you that before. And I think it just brings to light that we often are so enveloped in illness or somebody around us or ourselves that even the concept of being fully whole and well almost becomes a foreign, like a foreign concept. So it's true. Um, it's, we don't often think about it and dive into it. So I appreciate your response to that. Let's start diving into your story. Now, this is, um, I know it's a really difficult story, but you're also super passionate about it. And I love that you are paying all of this forward to help others who are dealing with similar situations. And there are so many others, so many, so many others that maybe have not yet shared their voice and you are a voice for them and for anybody in the future who might have to deal with this. So kind of take us back to when you started to um, notice some concerning symptoms for your daughter and then kind of how that journey played out to where you're at today. Okay. So it, basically takes us back. This, this took us back. She was diagnosed with the cancer. It'll be four years, um, this June, but take us back even before then. So like six years ago, two years when she probably had cancer and we didn't know, I kept taking her to the doctor because she had symptoms. Like she just, she was a 14 year old teenager and she, she's my oldest of three, but, um, she was having horrible headaches and just different types of sleep patterns and clamminess in her hands. And she was having just a lot of health concerns. And I kept taking her to the doctors where we live. This was in Lake Norman, um, Mooresville, North Carolina. It's about 30 miles north of Charlotte. It's a booming area. Um, Duke Energy built this lake and people built these beautiful communities all around the lake. And that's where we moved to um, in 2000 and eight, I believe. So here we are, my daughter's a teenager having these health problems. I took her to the doctors and they were kind of, and and obviously in the last four years, I've had a lot of things happen that I've, my perspective has changed with medical communities, with politicians, you'll learn. I mean, just everything has changed, but 
I took her to the doctor and basically they were like, oh, she's just hormonal. Oh, she's a teenage girl. Oh, you know, you could put her on the birth control. Like I was given a list of things and no, any type of let's get to the root cause of the problem. None of that. So I trust a doctor and I'm like, okay. And six months go by and, you know, time goes by and I'm trying to get, I get my kid a scan, um, not a neck scan, but like maybe, um, she's having headaches. We had to go have a consult with a neurologist. Like I just want my kid to feel better. And one day she develops this lump on the side of her neck and it's the size of a pea. So I take her back to the doctor and I said, now we have a lump here. And she was like, Oh, it's probably a swollen gland. Everybody has allergies. She's fine. And basically made me feel like I was an overactive, um, you know, overreacting like a mom, just like how they make fun of moms for being Karens today. They didn't have that term when Mm -hmm. this happened. But I mean, I felt like I was being kind of put down. And I just want to know what's wrong with my daughter. And in the meantime, cancer didn't go through my mind at this time. But I did live in this town and knew a lot of people with cancer tons of cancer. My son had friend, a friend in baseball with cancer. Um, neighbors had cancer. Like I knew about a lot of cancers, like a couple kids at the high school died of cancers, all different types, rare types, blood cancers. So that always was in the back of my mind. And my mom would always tell me, she's like, there's a lot of cancer here. Something's wrong. And I, again, I didn't really think anything of it. So I, my, the doctor said, come back in three months and we'll check the lump. We come back three months later um, checks the lump says, Oh, it's a swollen gland. Like she just kept blowing me off. And so then it was, it was one of these moments. I, it was uh, May of 2017 and I went to get my teeth cleaned and my dental hygienist was like young. And we were talking about colleges cause my daughter was a junior and she was starting to tour colleges. And the dental hygienist was telling me how she had to drop out of college because she got cancer and she lived in our county. And I said, oh my gosh, tell me your story. Just like I'm telling you ours. So she tells us this story about how in high school, she didn't feel good. She starts telling me all these, she was having all these symptoms. No one knew what was wrong with her. Then she got a lump on her neck and her cancer ended up being non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but she went through chemo and all this stuff. So she's telling me this story. And of course, now it's where it hit me. I'm like, wait, this sounds like my daughter. So I immediately called when we, I got home that day. It was really weird. My daughter came home from school and she goes, mom, this lump is starting to hurt me. So I took her to my doctor because I was fed up and upset with how I was treated with her doctor. So I took her to my doctor and it's, you know how it is today with healthcare. It's a nightmare to get into doctors and so forth. My doctor was amazing. And I called her, I said, can you see my daughter right away? She's like, yes, bring her in. So I told her my concerns. She listened. She ordered an ultrasound, a CT scan, everything we needed. And seven weeks later, we get this diagnosis that my daughter, she was shy of her 17th birthday. She was 16, had thyroid cancer. And I didn't even know what thyroid was because we don't have thyroid issues in our family. But her thyroid was full of nodules that were cancerous and it spread throughout her entire neck. So I get this diagnosis and then um, obviously it was traumatic for us and everyone starts to find out my kid has cancer because that's a big deal. And it was a small town and then people are knocking on my doors and I learned that there's two other thyroid cancers on my street at the time. So there was three thyroid cancers on my tiny street. And I knew about a couple other cancers, like a prostate cancer and a breast cancer, but I'm sitting there thinking, wait a second, 
what am I hearing? And then people out of nowhere are reaching out to me and they're like, you know, they, they feel bad for me because they've been through it. But they're like, my 13-year-old had thyroid cancer. My 15-year-old had thyroid cancer. So people start reaching out to me thanks to social media. And I take Taylor to her doctor, one of her doctors on the team that she was going to now because we transferred out of our area. I was so upset with the doctors. And we went to Wake Forest and we found this amazing team. And I start telling them. And I'm like, is this normal that kids get thyroid cancer? Is this normal that I have three so far that I know of on my street? And they were like, no, that is not the norm. So I panicked as a mom. I had two other children at the, I have three kids total. I'm like, holy cow, is this safe? Is this safe where I live? Now everything's coming back to me about my, what my mom had said and all these people I knew with cancers and kids at the high school who had died. I mean, I, I literally just froze. And having to get my daughter better and going through a nightmare, I also was like, I have to make sure it's safe for our family. So I went um, asking people, and I'll be honest with you, the health department's like, I, I start, I have a research background. Um, I do statistics and research. I have a criminal, um, I've been working in the criminal justice field for over 25 years. So I start doing all this research and I see how, um, Basically, the health data is years behind. Some, and I start noticing the thyroid cancer is high, but it's years behind. Then I call the water company and I want to know what the heck. Is, the first thing I'm thinking of is there's something in the water. That's like where our mind always goes first is water. So I call the water company. I start analyzing these reports and I'm like, wait, the water standards stink. They are not good. And they don't even test for A, B, C, and D. Like I, everything was going through my mind. So then I basically went to the doctors and I'm like, can you help me? And can you help me? Taylor's one doctor, her endocrinologist, who we still see. I was like, can you help me? I said, something's wrong. And she was like, listen, I would love to do a study, um, but let me hook you up with a chemist from Duke University who does some studies on thyroid cancers and environmental factors. Let me hook you up with her. So I met with this woman, um, her name was Dr. Heather Stapleton. I met with her and she said, I would love to help you and do a study, but there's no money, no funding. And I said, how much do you need? And she said, at least 50,000. So I went out and got pretty much, I met some moms who also had kids with cancer and they always did fundraising for, for treatment for cancer and helping families that needed financial assistance with cancer. And I went out and I said, how do I do a 5k? Cause I always see all these 5k's for people. And they told me what to do. And I held a 5k and raised a hundred and I think $7,000 in a five, six month period. And I used that money and I handed it over to these chemists at Duke university to say, I need help. And then obviously word got out. Politicians found out. I went and thought I met with some of the politicians and at first, everybody was like, oh, we want to help you. We want to help you. That's not normal. And meanwhile, a fourth person gets thyroid cancer on my street during this time. So now we've got four thyroid cancers on one street and more cancers. And then people were calling me because everybody found out about this 5K and what I was trying to do. And I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls and messages on social media from people all over this town who had all these cancers cancer after cancer after cancer, dogs had cancer, 
same story. We were really healthy. We moved here five years later. We both have cancer. Kids had cancer. I mean, the list was, I, I, I knew something was wrong now because I'm like, something's going on. So I don't know how much detail you want me to get into here, but um, no, basically. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great background. I mean, it, it highlights so many things that we're going to dive deeper into. And okay. um, I, yeah, I, I appreciate you going through all of that. I know, like I said, before we started recording, you've probably had to say this story a million times and I appreciate That's you okay. doing it's it fine. one more time. <laughs> um, yeah. I just okay. want people to know the background. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so great that you're having this conversation. And I think about, you know, this phenomenon of choices we make in life and you could have uprooted the whole family. Like something's not right here. We're going to uproot and move and never talk about this again. You know, you could have been the person who silently just got out of the area, but you weren't that person. And because you weren't that person and because you wanted to have find answers and this, there's so many pieces of this that just highlights the the power that we have when we have a voice, you just saying, well, I don't know, people do 5Ks, let's do a 5K and you raise the money that, you know, nobody else was willing to to find elsewhere to fund this. So, okay, so take us to, you do the 5K, you raise the money. Um, yep. you, you, you get you get 107-ish thousand and you give it to the chemists. What do they start what do they start doing? What are they doing? And then what are they doing right and maybe not, do, not doing? Yeah, so the one thing they did right was they actually... <laughs> The one thing I'm, I'm happy about, and this is all I needed to know, because there were a lot of things that went wrong. But the one thing they did right was they, because I was fighting with the health department at this point saying like, you know, we have all this data, where's this data, where's this data? And they actually worked with the North Carolina health department to um, work out where they could see all their data. So they could look at the data and, and coming from a second set of eyes than the health department. So they had to go back and forth for a while. And then they finally released, I think the 5K, it was April of 2018. And in June, we had confirmation that there was a thyroid cancer cluster because, and the data was three years old. But so they, my daughter's case wasn't even in the data set because they only had data from like 2000, early 2000, let's say 2005 to 2016. And in there, they were showing, yeah, highest number of thyroid cancers in two areas of North Carolina. And I was one of the two areas. Okay. So right then and there, I was furious because, and, and this is where we had the health department. Now I'm me having meetings with the politicians and the health department of North Carolina. And we're having meetings because I'm like, first of all, my daughter, my, the doctors in this town why do we even have a health department when they don't even know you have high thyroid cancers in this zip code? You should let doctors know. So when a kid or an adult comes to you with symptoms, thyroid symptoms, the first thing they do is do an ultrasound to the neck. Okay. But no one had a clue. Supposedly there was any thyroid issues in that town until I brought it to their attention. Okay. And there's like thyroid, what people don't understand is thyroid cancer is one of the top growing cancers for women right behind breast cancer. And so many people today have autoimmune diseases, hypothyroidism, um, Graves disease, Hajimoto's. And this is not even collected in any health department records, by the way, um, or presented to doctors. And it's really, it's discouraging because I think people with thyroid issues are being failed 
um, in a so many, not everywhere, but in so many areas, unless you have an expert who specializes in this, um, this is something, a problem in this country right now. But I got off topic right there. But anyway, so the health department makes all these excuses um, of why the data is behind. Um, they pretty much pick and choose how they show the data to these census blocks. And basically what it does is kind of show data like it won't show a hotspot in a zip code because they they put the whole county together with numerous zip codes, right? They're they're basically trying to manipulate and make these numbers look like it's fine. And that's what the health department does in most states. And through the years now that I've been fighting and meeting hundreds and hundreds of people across the country, here's one major problem in this country is the health department and the CDC. Major problem. The data is not accurate. It's not um, it's it's outdated and it definitely is not transparent for the average person to see it like me because I had to fight to see this stuff and the politicians at first were behind me. They actually confronted the health department to say, why is a citizen, this woman with a kid with cancer, having to expose that this data and you don't do it? And they made every excuse in the book. Okay, it was nightmare meeting after meeting after meeting I had to attend. And they knew it was a cancer cluster. But this is something else for all of your listeners. The way this country works, the CDC, if you go to their website, it has a definition of what a cancer cluster is. They might as well take that definition off their website and not even say that because health departments across this country refuse to ever say there's a cancer cluster. They make it impossible and it's set up to fail people like me who wanna know if there's a lot of cancer in an area. It's a complete joke. The epidemiologists in this country are trained. So if I say, hey, there's four cancers, four thyroid cancers on my street, they'll say, well, they have to be the exact same cancer. So because there could be there's four different types of thyroid cancers out there. There's different types of blood cancers. There's different types of brain cancers. I'm sorry if you have a street with eight cancers. Don't tell me it's not a cluster because there are different types of cancer. Everybody is susceptible to different types of illnesses and cancers. And we all like you. It's, it's a medical mystery what cancer you could get if you're exposed to any type of chemical or toxin contamination. Right. So. I, I guess got lucky and I wouldn't call it lucky, but the type of thyroid cancer that my daughter had is what everybody had. So now, okay, now we meet this ridiculous definition the CDC puts out because it's the same type of cancer and it's more than the normal in a specific geographic location. But nope, health department refused to say the word cancer cluster. Behind closed doors, they were telling people that they know it's a cancer cluster, but we're not going to say that word. It's a messy word and it could scare people and hurt property values. So that term cancer cluster is a joke on how this country responds to it everywhere, including everywhere in this country. So keep that in mind. Then people start calling me out of the blue saying, well, you know, and, and where I live, Lake Norman, it's a lake that Duke Energy built. The south end of the lake is a nuclear power plant. And the north end of the lake where I lived was a coal ash steam station. And I didn't even know what coal ash was. And people were calling me. Even one of the politicians said to me when I met with him at a coffee shop, he said, do you think 
that this could be the coal ash. And I was like, what's coal ash? I didn't even know what coal ash was. And then he says to me at the coffee shop, this is a politician who I no longer talk to, but he says, has anyone from Duke threatened you? And I thought these were weird questions that he was asking me at this coffee shop. I mean, I am not a politician. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a mom trying to make sure it's safe for everybody else because I don't want anyone to go through what we did. And so I get calls. People are blowing at my phone. They're like, yeah, um, did you know that when they were building all these communities we live in, that they were giving away this coal ash for free and selling it 50 cents to a dollar a ton to builders, to landscapers, to farmers. So I'm like, what? And I honestly, I was in complete shock. Now I've learned there is a true cancer cluster in my town and my kid got the cancer. And next, um, they built all these areas, This, the, like businesses were on top of it, roads with coal ash. And so I tell my chemist this, and the chemists start testing the water. They don't really find anything in the water. I was on a community well. Um, they find like tiny traces of heavy metals and some other garbage, tiny traces, like nothing was jumping out. So I start telling them, I'm like, listen, this town was built with this dirt. And um, they brought in another chemist who's an expert on coal ash. And I meet with him and he tells me that coal ash you can ingest it through water. You can inhale it through dust, particles in the air. And so I start learning about what coal ash was. And then I start bringing in the politicians and the DEQ, which is similar to the DEP in Florida. And that's where everything changed. Because now, who you built a town with this dirt and everyone's trying to blame everyone, saying, oh, the state allowed it. There were no regulations prior to 2015. Um, oh yeah, and then Duke Energy finds out about this and now they're protecting their themselves. And I'm sure you saw the video I posted. Uh, they're like, yeah, coal ash is safe. It's like aspirin. If you have a little bit, it could be bad, but a lot isn't good. And then they go on the record and they say, there's been tons of studies done on coal ash and thyroid cancer, and there's never been a link. There's never been any studies done on coal ash and thyroid cancer, none. So this just got uglier and uglier by the day. And all the people who came to the 5K and a lot of my friends, now it changed. They were not happy about this. And they were like, either we had a lot of people say, I'm going to move. Thank you for exposing this. We had people upset with us saying, you're going to hurt my property values. Um, people were like, well, I didn't get cancer, so there's nothing wrong here. I mean, it was a lot of different things going on through, ex and I was transparent and exposing everything I could to everybody. Um, but I was the bad guy for doing that to many people. So I saw the writing on the wall, the politicians, they were not going to fight for the people. They made excuses. There were lies. I was like, okay, this is not going to help. The health department refused to admit there was a cancer cluster. I mean, literally all these people started failing me one by one because <laughs> as you all know, it's everybody has their agendas and I don't think most people do the right thing anymore. So I saw the writing on the wall and I moved 
and we, I was like, this is not safe. I'm not going to get support. I'm not going to get enough help. My chemists only could do so much because they started testing the water and they, some of the homes, they went to go test, people started moving. So their, their sample size was very small. They didn't have um, a lot of samples to test. Then they got resistance from many people in the state. As you can imagine, it got political, it got ugly. Um, and honestly, people were brought in from other universities who I don't trust to downplay this entire thing and poo-poo it. You know, there's nothing wrong here. And it became a political nightmare. So um, that is kind of where that ended as far as um, with there, there was, they never tested, there was piles of coal ash next to my daughter's high school. And some of the politicians said, well, we went out and took some random samples of dirt at the high school and we didn't come up with anything, no coal ash. But I'm like, okay, I want you to test the 42,000 tons next to the high school. Because if it was next to the high school, guess what? It could have been blowing in the air for 16 years since 2001 when it was dumped there. Because we actually have records of that. Nope, they wouldn't test it. Wanted no part. Um, and that's the scary part about all this dirt. Most of this dirt is not documented where it went. The minimal documentation is on the state's DEQ website, but it's minimal documentation. Um, this dirt was used like soil everywhere. It's pretty disgusting, actually. Yeah, this this brings up so many so many things. Okay, so just listening to the story, it sounds like the majority of people, including health department employees and um, politicians, are wanting no part of of even acknowledging that this is a concern enough to look into. But of course, then there are the chemists that you actually were able to fund to do this. And you did mention that at the beginning, they at least confirmed and acknowledged and validated that there was a thyroid cluster. Is that the most validation you were able to get at all? Or did there continue to be some more validation after that? Um, well, as of, there was a recent report I can send you just came out in the fall, which I kind of stumbled across if they never sent it to me, but um, they still, the health department says there's no cancer cluster. Nope. And honestly, that is reckless. And this is what happens all across this country. So you, this is you trying to dismiss a problem, a health public safety problem. And I mean, there's doctors in Mooresville where I lived telling patients that there's nothing wrong. This Susan Wynn lady blew this out of proportion. There's nothing wrong. Wow. And I mean, this is, they're telling patients this, um, patients who called me and ended up going to other doctors and have cancer now. Um, because they, I mean, I had words with some of the ENTs in our town and they told me to my face, yeah, there's a problem here. I cut out thyroids all the time. I'm cutting out weekly thyroids. I had a 13 year old with thyroid cancer. Oh, our practice has an, has an acronym OIM only in Mooresville. Cause we see so much rare cancer. This is what they told me and my friend to our faces. Wow. And then they go tell the patients that I basically blew this out of proportion and there's nothing wrong there. Cause they would never live there if there was something wrong and raise their children there. Wow. I mean, this was the garbage I had to deal with. I, I couldn't even state stand living there anymore after I'm like you people. And it's, it reminds me of COVID 
like with COVID. People think COVID's a hoax. They think it's fake um, because you believe what you want to believe. So there's a part of me that wishes I never did this. And exactly what you said, I just picked up and left the town. There's a part of me. But so many people were like, thank you for letting us know, because they either were able to move, not move there, or get a pr- like good doctors to check them out because they had illnesses that they didn't know what was wrong with them. Um, so we help people and save lives. And maybe I saved my other kids from getting any type of illness staying in that area. I don't know. So I don't regret it now. Um, but the the state and the health department, they will come back and say, we are ha- we've had meetings over this, Susan, since you left. We've had meetings about thyroid cancer. Guess what? In the three and a half years they've had meetings, they say the same stuff. Um, they say, no cancer cluster. Um, the only studies that have ever been done on thyroid cancer is it can be caused from exposure to radiation. There, uh, you know, yes, coal ash was used back in the day, it was allowed, but it isn't anymore. I mean, they say the same thing. I'm like, your meetings for three and a half years is the biggest waste of time. Biggest waste of time. And so they think I'm ungrateful because of all their meetings. But what a joke. I mean, this is typical. And I see this in Florida. I see this in North Carolina. I see this in Georgia. I have connected with hundreds of people like me. And it's really sad. It's the same story. The moms, the kids get cancer, the neighbors all get cancer, the moms come together to try to figure out what's wrong, the health department fails them, the politicians fail them, Um, pretty much the CDC has failed them, and a lot of their friends have failed them. And so then we're left to either make some changes, make some noise, or move. I mean, this is the club you don't want to be in, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people like me out there. This is, it's so shockingly saddening and it, it highlights just yet another way that our government and regulators and politicians and legislators are just not in the business of protecting our communities at all and healthcare and health issues definitely being one of them. You know, I think about the coal ash concern and how, you know, if the, if the potential here is that, you know, we've been breathing this in for, you know, years, however long we've lived in this area, how are they going to test for, even if some of the coal ash has been eroded away and they test the soil and the soil's fine and the water's fine, but how are they going to, they don't have the ability to test the air that we breathed, you know, five years ago. So to just discount it and, and say, well, we didn't find anything right now, but not even validate that. Yeah. There's, there's not really a, a solid way we can confirm the least they could do is say there's no not at least a solid way we can confirm or deny this at this point but to just i did watch that video and the woman in the video you know like you said it was saying you know well water is fine if you drink one cup but you drink 50 right now and you're going to get sick and and it's just i I like the hairs on my arms stood up when I'm listening to that thinking, you know, you're speaking to people whose lives are on the line and that's, that's how you're speaking to them and demeaning their concerns and diminishing them. And, and it's because it hasn't impacted you, you know, and that's, and and you're right. It's similar to COVID in that way. Okay. So, you know, and I'll also, and I'll also just bring up a point with the coal ash is that, um, um, 
they there's a ta- there's a case right now in Tennessee, the largest coal ash spill in this country was 11 years ago in Tennessee, and um, I basically met all these people because actually through my story I've worked with all these environmental groups, Sierra Club, uh, Earth Justice, and I actually went to back about 18 months ago, I went to Washington DC with many people like me. So this group in Tennessee, groups in Puerto Rico, um, and we went and testified at an EPA hearing because the last administration um, under the Trump administration, they rolled back all of these coal ash regulations. So keep in mind, and I'll be honest with you, clean environments should be bipartisan. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, like everybody should want clean air, soil and water for your family. Okay. And I hated politics before this all started. And I didn't realize how political it got because I learned a lot about the EPA and when it was created. And I'll be honest with you, the EPA has failed this country since it was created and both parties are responsible. Um, But back in 2011, the largest coal ash spill was out of Tennessee, Kingston, Tennessee, and the dam broke and it went everywhere. And this could happen on a lot of these lakes, the coal ash uh, steam stations are on. And they hired, um, at the time, it it was pretty much the utility company hired an engineer company to clean up this mess, which took, I think, four to five years. So people were getting overtime and helping clean up this mess. Well, out of, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was like five or 600 people they hired to clean up the mess. Here we are 11, 12 years later and 50 something are dead of all different cancers from inhaling it, the coal ash. And a couple hundred have illnesses of all sorts and cancers. And they are in court right now fighting and fighting because they're all dropping like flies and they got no support. The utility company denied it, said coal ash is safe. The engineer company who contracted them out is is basically there's reports coming out that they lied about um, the testing results of this, uh, all the heavy metals and all of the toxic carcinogens in this coal ash reports. So this is all gonna come out this year when they go to court. And my question to North Carolina and to Georgia and to all these states that are contaminated with this dirt. So if these people in Tennessee are found that their illnesses were caused by inhaling coal ash, how is that different from coal ash in other states if people were around and inhaled it? Um, That'll be my question. And I'm watching this case very slowly, but the second, coal ash spill that was an environmental catastrophe was in 2014 in North Carolina, not where I lived. And that was this Eden area, North Carolina, where the Dan River spill. At the time, Obama was our president and he tried to put in all these safeguards when it came to coal ash because this was now a second major environmental nightmare. And Duke Energy, it's actually, um, they were found Um, guilty of this and they were on probation, um, sued for this bill. And they started in 2015, setting up all these regulations where you couldn't just have like use coal ash to build homes and all this stuff. Um, It had to be regulated. There were all these laws and rules that had to follow. Well, it wasn't enough. Um, He tried, it wasn't enough safeguards, but he tried to put some in place. Okay. And then with the new administration under the Trump administration, 
they actually rolled back all of those provisions that they tried to put in place to protect. So this all happened when I'm fighting my cause and I had um, gone to the EPA to speak. And basically my message to the EPA was you shouldn't be playing God with people's health and their life. You don't let these big corporations and companies pollute um, water, air, soil until you spend the money and funds. They have all these scientists that work there. Make sure it's safe before you let them poison us. It's not, it's the opposite in this country. You let the companies poison us and then it takes 20 and 30 years of people fighting and, and taking care of sick kids or sick spouses with cancer before you go, oh yeah, yeah, that caused cancer. I mean, it's a nightmare. It's it's the tobacco story. Now it's the PFAS story with DuPont. It's the same story. Every, every administration, every decade, it's just the same garbage. And to me, why have an EPA? Why have the DEQ and these state regulators when you pretty much all are in bed with the politicians and the government employees who just want to deny, deflect, and dismiss a public health crisis. Yeah, I I feel your frustration not even having lived what you've lived. And I, um, you know, I feel like I would be exactly like you. I would want to be doing everything I absolutely can. It makes me think about there's so much corruption that people just don't even realize it goes so deep. I, you know, even a law enforcement officer in Orlando used to tell me, oh, like 5% of the news of, of Orlando gets actually on the news because this is where Disney lives and we can't be, you know, we have to be the happiest place on earth. So, yeah. so we don't get, so it, it's in, in every sector and it's so maddening when it comes to your health and the health of your loved ones that, yeah, we moved to this town. We were happy to, to move here. It looked beautiful. And, you know, if we would have, maybe if we would have just known that this is what was going on, we could have at least made an educated decision. We didn't know. Now that we do know, nobody wants to own up to it. And so where do we go from here? So, okay. So you decide to move to Florida and kind of tell me what this experience, how this has informed you now, you know, how do you, you know, I'm thinking of somebody who's listening, like, oh my gosh, well, how do I, how do I even right. choose where to live? How do I, how do I get right. the information I need to know? So what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, oh, and, and before I answer that, I just want to go back. So they never, obviously through my experience proved that this is what's causing the cancer. So I want that on the record, but there's way too many cancers on all these different streets. And, and if it's not, um, what is very like right in front of our faces, um, what is causing all these cancers? And, and the fact that people are normalizing it is really disturbing. Um, but I, I just wanted you to know that and put that out there too. Mm -hmm. But as far as what I know, well, now moving, um, obviously I know water is a nightmare in this country. And I learned a lot about water through this whole experience. So I only drink reverse osmosis water um, and I think that's sad because a lot of people can't afford to put proper filters in their home and um, have an RO system to drink. I'm fortunate I have one in my house, but I think of it's not fair that all these people in this country um, aren't having good water. And if you're going to have really low standards for water quality in this country, which we do, um, I think every school, every restaurant, every everything should have filtered reverse osmosis water because you have ridiculous standards of water. They're so minimal. Okay. 
And so that's one thing, no matter where I live or my kids live from now on, we, we really don't trust the water. And um, it's sad, but that's kind of where we're at at this point. Um, as far as soil, um, again, and this costs money, which I don't like because not everybody can ha has this kind of money to pay for testing, but to test soil, um, to see what's in the soil. I actually am looking up wherever I move uh, cancer data to see what's out there. And do I believe it all? No, but some things jump out and I'm able to look at that now where I live uh, as far as what kind of cancers have been reported in higher incidences over the last 10 years. I look at places that have chemical plants, paper mills, lakes. I mean, these are all things I'm now looking at to say, do I feel safe here or not? And it's a shame because I think that realtors <laughs> probably should have to disclose some of this information moving forward in the future. If people's homes are built with certain types, just like asbestos, like now you, you, if you have lead or asbestos in your house, you have to disclose it. Like I think any type of chemical that could be in your house, it has to be disclosed now. It's not fair that people get blindsided. Um, I know there's problems everywhere. And that's what a lot of people told me when I exposed what was wrong where I lived. They were like, well, where do you go? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I'm like, mm, there's not cancer street, 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 street everywhere. No. I'm like, but are there environmental tragedies all over this country? Yeah, there are. So, I mean, you look at military bases, they're polluted. I mean, that kills me that military who served this country, um, a lot of people live on military bases and a lot of these bases they're finding are contaminated in this country. Yeah, I agree with you. I, um, you know, it, that we have inspections on our homes and they don't necessarily include, like you would have to say, I want to have my water inspected and I want to have my soil inspected. And, yep. and why aren't those things just standard? Why? And I don't know, there's just, there's no good answer to any of it, but it all boils down to money. You know, like the city's going to lose money. The homeowners are going to lose money when they sell their house. It's, it really all just in the end boils down to money and the shifting in money and the power and control. And it's, it's really just so sad that it takes these types of things to happen and for people like you to have a voice and, you know, run a 5k and, and get the money raised and, and, you know, yeah, I agree with you. What are, what are these positions and departments doing if they're not doing what, you know, protecting us as their job title says. So it's, it's just so, it's so saddening, but I'm, I'm glad that you're able to move forward in an informed way. And at least, yeah, there's, we're never going to mitigate and make the risk zero, but at least having some way to have an educated decision on where we're moving and having a say, it's very much like advocating for yourself in healthcare as you did for your daughter when nobody would listen to you now advocating for yourself where you move and, you know, and digging up what you need to dig up to decide if this is a place that you feel right for your family. And I completely agree with the water. I don't trust water anywhere either. I, we only drink out of a Berkey filter. We, I would love to have an all house system and that's a goal, but um, we, I don't, I don't trust any water either. And, um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, what happened in Apopka, but also just the reality is the situation. The water is just not, um, in most areas, not a, a great quality for us to drink. Tell us a little bit about how your family is doing now. How is your daughter? What, what, what are, where are you, what, where are you at now with both your health as a family, but also where you're moving forward with this project and, and research? 
Um, so we just found out a week ago, my daughter's cancer is back. So she, we start all over. Um, Mm -hmm. and so obviously our family the past week, it's been heartbroken. You know, she's 20 shy of her 21st birthday this summer. So four years later, her cancer's back and now she'll have another neck dissection and more surgeries. And then after that, it's the unknown, you know, last time she had radiation, She's, she has a lot of health problems. Um, she's a fighter. She's um, going in her senior year of nursing school in Florida. She goes to UCF and she's getting a nursing degree and she fights and she's not the typical uh, 20, 21 year old because she kind of the last few years was robbed of um, a teenage girl. Um, she has to take medicines all the time. She gets blood work all the time. She has to get scans. She's had she has had to change her diet, her lifestyle. I mean, she's not a complainer. She's a fighter, but watching your kid go through this, I mean, you, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, I wish it was me or my husband, not our child, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking watching a kid. So mentally right now, I mean, we're in, we're in a good place and we love our doctors now. And so we're just going to fight now to get her better. That's our priority today. My other two kids, as you can imagine, when I had to move them, they had all their friends, their life in North Carolina, and they had to start over where we moved to. And that's hard for kids, teenagers especially. Um, but they made the best of it, and they're they're doing wonderful. So um, we have a really, you know, family is the most important thing. And when you say what's wellness mean to you, I mean, I think family is a lot to do with wellness because when it comes down to it, yeah, the politicians were a disappointment. Um, Many doctors were a disappointment. Friends were a disappointment. Like I could go on and on, but my family doesn't disappoint me and we stick together. So um, mentally we've been doing well. And again, the, just the heartbreaking part now is my daughter getting this news last week, but um, I am still working with environmental groups. I, still plan on speaking with the new EPA. Um, I, I'm not done because um, I'm working with many groups right now to address the exact issues I've been talking about with you today. I just, if you're going to, again, like you said, it boils down to money and well, guess what? Kids are dying. There's kids. Cancers are growing up and up and up. People my age, middle age are dying I mean, people are getting sick because of all this garbage you allowed into the communities. And this is, this has to change. And whether people need, we need to fight for, it's not fair. Everybody should have clean water. Everybody should have clean air. Um, if, if a company did pollute something, make them pay for it instead of raising people's taxes to pay for it. Um, why aren't they paying for water filter systems? I mean, there's, all these different things that people could do. And unfortunately the politicians, most of them are funded by companies and that's why they aren't going to fight, you know, bite the hand that feeds them. It's not going to happen. Well, I'm sorry. I think that these state officials and politicians in the future, and I will keep voicing this and put this out, but there should be accountability. We put you in these positions to protect the people. And by you dismissing it, you are not, doing us a service and you shouldn't be in that position. You should not be in that role. And this is something I will continue to fight and talk about my story because unless there is a 360 done in this country, when it comes to um, 
these companies allowing and, and pretty much running our EPAs and our health officials and our environmental regulators, like this, this has to change. So I continue to tell my story. That's why I agreed to talk to you today. And there's some more stuff coming out in a few months that I'll, I will share, but I, I'm not done addressing this issue. And usually when I talk to people, I, especially people like me, we all are going to keep continuing to bring awareness and push for change. Uh, the younger generation, they are seeing this. My daughter, she's in the health field and she's like, pretty much she learned from this. Like, first of all, I will never dismiss anybody's health concerns because she was dismissed. She will never, ever take the environment for granted like most people do. I mean, there's all these different things. And I hope more people like in that uh, generation can change this country because it is a nightmare right now and people are suffering. And I, that's how you found me because I follow some of the information that is posted about that area in Florida, um, Apopka and um, same story, same story what's going on there all over this country. My heart goes out to you and your family, Susan, just you um, are an inspiration. And I know I also want to validate and acknowledge how difficult the day-to-day is. And I know that um, the recurrence of cancer, we had that, I mean, I've dealt with that in my family. I know that that is a tough road. Your daughter is absolutely blessed to have you by her side through this. You have been a voice for so many, and of course, primarily and, and, you know, prioritizing her and her journey. And I'm just really so grateful for you and the work that you've done and for you not staying silent, even though that was tough on you and your family. And even though it sometimes seems like that would have been the better path, the, our communities and our country and probably eventually our world will be better because of all of the efforts that you have put forth. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of that. And I'm, I am so excited for your daughter to be able to make the changes in healthcare that we need from healthcare providers and practitioners because of the experience that she's had. And so many people will be better off and under her care because of it. So thank you so much for taking this time to share with us. Oh, no, thank you so much for having this out there. And hopefully it, it will help others. And I mean, I, I know people are angry. I see people, I'm angry, what happened? And, and then people turn it around and call us emotional, angry parents, angry moms, angry dads. We are angry. Um, it's okay to be emotional. You're dealing with cancer. So I hope people though, I mean, obviously I don't ever want anyone um, to act out in violence or anything like that. But I hope people turn that anger into change and um, holding people accountable professionally um, and more and more people coming out like the people in Apopka, Florida, where I live, like all over this country, I can tell you a list. I hope more and more people, um, these voices in numbers will become more powerful. Thank you so much, Susan. I so appreciate you taking the time to do this. I will include the link to the video that you shared um, and some of the other resources that you have so people can, if they want to learn more, which I certainly encourage. Um, I can't dictate that, but I encourage everyone to at least have some idea of what's going on so it can inform their decisions. And um, and it just also highlights advocating for yourself in the healthcare system because dismissing is, is a common cultural phenomenon within the system. So thank you so much again, Susan. Thank you. 
A huge thank you to Susan for taking the time to share her story and journey with us. We, of course, wish the absolute best for her sweet daughter and her continuing journey. I also so look forward to her impact in the medical field that will arise from these experiences. I hope that this has shed some light and given you some information and education moving forward to make your own decisions in the places that you live and in having a voice if something doesn't feel right in your body. Lots of lessons to be learned in this episode and really great information in the links that I will put in the show notes. So I hope that you take a look at those as well. Again, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, found it valuable, I would greatly appreciate it if you took just a minute to leave an iTunes review. Thank you to all who have done that so far. I will see you all here again next time.